0: Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of Tech Talk. I'm very happy today to be joining Andrew Clark. Andrew is the DevOps manager at Arcad Software. Andrew has 30 years of development experience in IBM I, and he's an expert on everything DB2I and cross-platform SQL. Andrew's current responsibilities include both coding and using DevOps on a daily basis. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. It's so, it's so great to have you here today.
1: Thank you, Charlie. What a what a great introduction. I
0: appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're all about great introductions here, right? That's uh, <laughs> that's right. That's really important. Um, Andrew, I was reading your 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 bio here, and of course, you know what jumps right out at me is DevOps, and that's a term that I've been hearing for many many years, or several years anyway, the last several years. It's it's come into the into the fold and i I really think that to a lot of developers out there in the industry right now, it's still a bit of a foreign term, right. so maybe you can just give me a quick definition or a little more insight into what devops actually is
1: right right so DevOps is short for development and operations right kind of a kind of a mix or a hybrid of the two so for people that are comfortable with the development side of things and you know people that are um, comfortable with the operations or the you know the QA the testing side of things or maybe the um, you know the deployment side of things. It's really it's really kind of a meshing of, of both of those both of those ideas. And really, what the idea is is to um, is to simplify the the process of of uh, deploying um, complicated projects, especially um, with as much security. Um, and testing and also verification as possible within the company, right? So before the code is deployed to end users um, and especially before the code is deployed out into the real world, right? So if if you have customers outside of your company, especially... The cost is astronomical when there are bugs or errors um, introduced in your code when it gets out to the real, in, into the real world, even within your own company within certain um, departments. The, it can be a, a catastrophic you know, black eye for, for a company to, to, to um, actually publish um, errors in, in, in code that has been changed. So the whole idea is to kind of theres a, there's a big curve that you've seen that it's called a shift left effect basically the idea is to get all of the, the, the testing and the um, regression testing, all that done on the left side at the development and operation side before, before the, use, the end users ever even see the code. And it really um, ensures the best possible code quality um, you know, it takes a little bit of work to set up, but once it goes, it, it really is a its a pretty magical process. You know, we, we have it integrated in our system, and it's just kind of magical to, to make a change and then just see everything kind of built by itself and get deployed. It's, 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 it's a pretty incredible thing once you've got everything working.
0: So we've both been doing this uh, for over 30 years, be, being in the industry, that is. And, you know, when I first started, the traditional approach was just taking a set of programs and Possibly waiting a week or even longer, maybe even a month, to do and then deploy an entire set of things at one time, and that that is so not what the paradigm is today, as you already discussed. So let's get right. let's talk about that because that that's really an old approach, uh, waiting to the end to to deploy this huge huge set of changes, right?
1: right so that's that's kind of the waterfall method right you know that's a, that's a release kind of cycle where we're talking about quarterly or yearly releases right it's to in some companies or um, you know like you said week, weekly releases. the whole idea here in DevOps is um, every unit that's that's usable right that's that's ready to be tested can be pushed and changed um, and ready to be um integrated into the, the environment as soon as it's ready. And so instead of instead of having releases where there are hundreds or thousands of objects, you might have releases where there's just a half dozen objects, right? You might have a, a, a file change and all the programs that are related to it, or you might have a, um, a program with a new parameter um, and all the programs that call it or use it. So, you know, every time every time you've got a a, a unit of change in, in your DevOps cycle, then you can you can push that and make it available. And uh, it really does speed up the entire process of of, of uh, getting getting the end result to the end users, to the customers with as much um, security as possible.
0: Which obviously goes right into the actual CI CD definition continuous integration to continuous deployment obviously so we're always we're always in the process of rolling out incremental changes
1: right exactly yes that's that's the whole point of devops is, is to get the incremental changes as, as quickly as possible to the uh, to the users
0: and it's been shown over time that that really is you know that 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 process overall does improve the overall code quality because absolutely it, yeah
1: Yep, yep. No
0: question in your mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the Gartner does studies, and and there's a there's a state of DevOps um, that, um, document that's out there, and it's it's proven. It's it's a cost effective thing as well, right? It, it actually saves companies money um, over the long run, um, uh, an incredible amount of money in time. We do like an ROI calculator, and um, a fifty a fifty user shop. A 50 developer shop can save a um, million dollars a year right you, implementing devops correctly um, just based upon uh, how their existing test cases have been taken care of in the past and what devops is able to do so it's it's it's, it's really you know a proven proven cost savings um uh, I think Dora is the name of the is the name of the company that does that that study and you can you can go out there and they do it on a yearly basis. It's a pretty pretty staggering amount of money that, that can be saved.
0: You know, I think, I think one of the challenges in in the IBMI space is that many shops have they are single developer shops or you know they have two developers in their shop. Right. And I guess the notion of having a a full-blown, System to do DevOps may be far into them because maybe oh we, that that's for much bigger shops. Maybe, maybe we don't need that technology in our shops. But but I, I disagree with that. I think even a shop of one. Why, why don't you give me some thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And the, the whole idea between about DevOps is that um, a lot of the the, the testing um, can be automated um, within um, within the, the development. Uh, cycle. So, so if you have the the test cases set up, you can you can do that testing um, and integrate it very qu- quickly. You don't have to worry about these huge deployments like bigger shops do. But you can take advantage of of a lot of the things in DevOps, especially things like Git. You know, right? You know, that's that's not a requirement, but that's that certainly makes makes your life a lot easier. And um, and the automated testing is is important no matter what the company size is. Right? You know writing bugs and still writing bugs no matter how how big the company is and you want to make sure you take care of that before the end users see it and it makes you look better well I mean let's be honest right you're one you're a one or two developer shop then you're you're the target if something goes wrong so if you've got some DevOps in place then all of a sudden you know you don't have to worry about those things and that makes your life better
0: well you said one of the magic words that that's been that's clearly in the industry right now is Git. anybody who's coming out of school today, knows about Git because it's being used everywhere. But again, that's, I go back to the IBM, i shops that's still, it's only starting out to make its way into our community in, in, a, in a bigger way. Let's talk about Git because I, I know what it can do, but I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on what is Git, first of all, and, but, but more importantly, why is it important to us as developers and how can, it, and how can we benefit from implementing a Git solution?
1: So, so the big benefit of of Git in the open source source world is it is it allows distributed version control. So, as essentially, each each developer can have their own copy of their objects on their own local um, PC. In the IBM i world, it's it's different because you still need the IBM i to actually do the compile. So that whole distributed model. Is, is a is kind of a foreign concept or it's a it's a it's a different different concept than, than most git developers are used to but git is just very simply i mean it's source control and you can do version control with git and you can do deployment with git but that's not what it is it's, it's just about managing your source um, and the 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 greatest thing about git the the lifesaver is is basically dealing with concurrent development and one of the biggest pro- uh, problems in anywhere is when um, people are making changes and they step on each other's toes, right? And you don't know about it. Someone might make a change and accidentally undo something that someone else is doing. When we're talking about, you know, just copying out single source members in the traditional IBM i world, you'd do something like you'd copy it to a local library, and then when you're done, you'd copy your source back on to, into production. Well, what happens if somebody else makes a change while you're doing that, right? I mean, that's that can be catastrophic sometimes. So, so Git and uh, the, the, the biggest power of Git is really its ability to deal with concurrent changes. And it, it forces you, it doesn't allow you to make concurrent changes. There's no way that you can accidentally step on somebody else, which is, which is the huge power of it. And also it can do merging automatically. So you know, I use Git on a daily basis. And 90 95 percent of the time the, the, the merge just happens autom- automatically. It's, it's really pretty wonderful, right You see some changes, it gets merged in and then you're done. So for, for the typical um, developer, you know the whole edit compile debug cycle, it's exactly the same um, using git. but you have all this all this um, protection. From concurrent, um, you know, concurrent depl- development that you never had before, and it really is—it really is a, a wonderful tool, um, no matter what development environment you're working
0: in. And of course, you can't—you can't forget the part uh, with the git diff to compare to compare yes, changes. of course.
1: Right, right. The whole compare and merge is, is really pretty magical, right? You know, um, light years beyond compare PFM for sure.
0: Yeah, with all the I's and the D's on the yeah, that's not great. Well, but that's what many shops are still using. And of course, um, let, let's go one step further with Git. So we talked about version control, but now we, so now we're in an environment where we have made some changes to source members and now we're ready to promote them. Right. Now promote can take on several forms. It, it can go directly to production but certainly there might be a test phase and probably, you know, obviously right. there should be a test phase in between this. So let's talk about that. And let's talk about the typical deployment cycle.
1: Right. So, so DevOps really, really assumes that you're going to have, if you're going to do a full DevOps cycle, what that really means is um, the full DevOps cycle includes the same edit compile, debug step that the developer is always comfortable with. Then there's also the automated test side. So what will happen is there will be test cases that are created that can be run automatically and in batch, uh, you know, they can be run headless. They don't necessarily need to have a screen associated with them which is kind of foreign to a lot of people. Now there's tooling that allows you to do that, but I mean, the, the best, I'm doing the air quotes, the best way to do those things is to, um, is to have um, your programs set up as like service programs and modules, and, and they, can be, they can be called from test cases um, with, and they verify the results, right? So the, the developer will run his, his own kind of you know um, smoke test locally, but then he might also run all of the test cases associated with the objects that he's changing. Now he's not gonna do a full regression test. He's just gonna kind of do kind of a, a, a small subset of those things, you know, a unit tests on, on, the, on the code that he's working on. Then in the DevOps cycle, he pushes that change to some kind of an automated build system. And then that what that will do is it will run a full regression test. Every time there's a change, it will run a full regression test on, on the objects that are, um, that are changed before it actually does something like deploy to the next step, whether that's QA or, or production or, or however it's configured. The other thing is is we talk about um, not only um, uh, regression tests, but we also talk about um, code quality, things like sonar lint, right? So you might have tests uh, you might have rules in there that then ensure that your code meets a certain kind of quality metric. We could talk about that for an entire hour. Or um, things like Sonar Cube that have, um, that have bugs, that, that have um, security holes in, in your code that put possible security exposures um, or poor programming styles that could lead to bugs. And so your code has to pass all of those quality checks um, before it can go on to the next cycle, right? Before it can go and be integrated. So that all of that happens automatically. Um, and if, if it fails any of those things, basically the, the code is returned to you with a failure and you have to make the changes before it can go into the next
0: step. So that's, that's very powerful, everything you've, you've just described to me. But you know what, even with all of those testings and all those, all those uh, safety checks in place, certainly code does get moved to production that will have errors. So how, 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 does, how does Git help us in that in those instances?
1: Well, at, at that point, really, really, the DevOps cycle, you know, it's it tries to stop those errors, but but if an error goes out into the real world, you know, the the cycle is essentially the same. So you can you can do some things with Git with hot fixes that are nice, right? We can we can make branches, right? That's a that's a way to make a an, a quick change. Even though you're using Git, though, the the methodology is very similar to what you might do today. You copy it to some, you know, to some hot fix kind of a location. You make the change, and then you kind of skip some of those steps in between, and you do kind of an emergency promotion thing. So there, there are ways using Git that are very similar to what's to something you might be doing today. Um, but really, in that kind of a case, you're you're making you know what I consider a hot fix. There's there's no wait for the change that you make, and you redeploy and you go through those steps. But even with a hot fix, you're going to run that full suite of, of test cases again just to make sure that everything is kosher before it, that change gets pushed into production.
0: You know, when I first started looking at git a while back, the first thing that that I was introduced to was not a graphical tool but it was a command line. Using right. git, I think that I think that's how, how it was first designed or created with a command line. And you hear you hear some developers who insist on using command what's called a command line git versus a graphical tool. Why would you usher people to a graphical tool versus a command line?
1: Well, Git, Git is command line driven. Git is a, you know, it was written by Linus Torvalds and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a C program, right? So it's, it is a command line. So all the shells are essentially working with the, with the Git command line. So they're just, they're just shells on top of what the Git command line does. The Git command line allows you to do everything. And it is the most powerful way to work with um, to work with Git. Just like on 5250 at the command line, you can do a lot of things at the command line that you can't necessarily do through, you know, like work spool file or you know any of the 5250 displays or work member PDM. There are there are amazing commands that you can do if you really know what you're doing um, on the command line that that don't have any kind of an interface. There's no shell to them, no, no screens or menus or anything that allow you to do the same, the same amount of power. So the the shells things like eGit, which is a plugin to um, Eclipse for the for, for Git, um, does make it much easier. It's a it's a it's a quicker learning curve to Git. And honestly, I use it every day. and ninety percent of the time, ninety five percent of the time, actually, probably ninety nine percent of the time, I do everything within within eGit. But there are there are cases, there are things like some some tags and and things that that are. Um, that are difficult to do in in the Git interface, and uh, if you really know what you're doing uh, with the Git command line, then you can understand how the how the graphical interface is working, and plus do some additional things that are that are actually more difficult to do inside of um, inside of those shells.
0: So the way I learned Git was the command line, and I I found in my own journey that knowing some of the commands helped me more quickly adapt to the graphical tools. And as you said, under the covers, the commands are being run anyway.
1: The commands are being run under, uh, anyway, and it is important to understand what the concepts are. It, uh, I would say that the Git command line can look intimidating, but it's good to know the basics. And um, if you if you want to use that, I just find that it's uh, faster to use the the graphical shell because I'm I'm within Eclipse doing my development anyway. But certainly, um, switching out the command line, you you need to be comfortable. There are cases where where you need to use that, and uh, it's it's. Imp- it's important just like anything to understand kind of what, what's happening behind the scenes um, to, to really get the full power of Git. There's no question about it.
0: You know, we started this conversation, Andrew, with with the term DevOps. And that's the term that people use every day. And that's the term that's in the vernacular of the community. But the 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 newer term, I suppose, is DevsecOps. Right. And where where did that you know what's the origin of that why did we add sequo security into the mix over here
1: yeah so that's part of the, i mean i talked about that a little bit that's the security component of the uh, of the automated um, of the automated deployment so after the after the developer has pushed his change to um to the to the repository um then then automated test cases get run right so that's that's all classically devops but then also there is automated security checking as well, and that's the things. Those are things like Sonar cube and Sonar, um, SonarLint and Sonatype. So those those verify that your code doesn't have any um, any inherent uh, like SonarCube is is making sure that you're not doing anything in your code that's inherently dangerous. Um, things that might create you know null pointer errors, those kinds of things, right? You know, um, and then Sonar t- type. Actually verifies um, third-party exposures, right? So the the, the big thing in, in the open source world is, is using all of these third-party packages. There's dozens, if not hundreds, of them um, that are included with your with your um, with your development stack. And the problem is, is that if there's a security exposure in one of those third-party tools, and you ship your product with those third-party tools, you're still liable for the exposure. You know things like the the whole Target. Um, data breach was because they used, um, uh, you know, a third-party tool that had an exposure in it, and they didn't fix it. Right? It was a known, it was a known fixable thing, and they continued to ship, you know, to have production code that was using this 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 exposure. So th- those are the things that are that are caught um, automatically in in DevSecOps, and I, I kind of just include that in, in DevOps to, to group it together. Classically, it wasn't, but um, but it's just all part of the automated cycle. You know, the, the part that comes after deployment and before integration, or, uh, right? After the developer has pushed this change, um, the the automated testing and security checks happen, and then deployment, right? So it's it's the in between step, and and that's important.
0: You mentioned a lot of different tools. So you mentioned Sonar, Type, and sonar cube, But if I'm a small a smaller shop, do I need to implement that? All of these different things all at once, or how, how do I begin my my journey if I really want to go down this? path? I think as I as everybody should certainly, but right. How do I get started? Do I need to get all these extra tools, or what? what is your, what's your recommendation to somebody? No,
1: no. What what you can do? I mean, if you're if you're a smaller shop, uh, the the way to get your feet wet is is just to start working with Git inside of um inside of whatever tooling that you're comfortable with. And the easiest way in my mind is, is with, with RDI. Hopefully you're using RDI for your, for your development, you know, at least for your editor, for RPG especially. And um, it's, it's got some really easy integration with um, uh, this perspective called iProjects that allows you to continue to work with your, with your source um, string file, your source files, right, and your QSYS source files. So you don't have to actually change anything about how your, your system is configured. And that allows you to kind of get your feet wet, get going with um, with Git and, and start the DevOps cycle um, and actually um, you know, start, start doing the concurrent development, the and merges, those things that Git allows you to do. And then you can start thinking about um, once, once that's integrated um, and you are using Git, then it's easy to hook up other tools like Jenkins, which is kind of an automated build system. And um, and and deploy some other tools that that these things like um, SonarQube that that allow you to check your code. So, in in the IBMi world, um, honestly, SonarQube and and Sonar uh, type don't have as much applicability as as they do in the open source world. But there are you know there are products from from companies like Arcad that that do integrate directly with um, with Jenkins that allow you to do those same things on IBMi for sure.
0: Right. So, it, uh, but there is some planning, you need to do some planning, you don't just jump into this, you need to have some a plan ahead of time, somebody who yep. understands this process and can guide you through this, the implementation of this.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. Right. And so if it's, uh, if it's whatever, whatever experience you have in house is always the best experience to use. So if you have people that are comfortable with tools like, you know, VS code, or if you have people that are comfortable with tools like, um, uh, you know, GitLab instead of GitHub or, you know, um, you know, uh, Bitbucket, right. So any, any of these, any of these Git based repositories, most of them are, are cloud based. But if you have exposure to that, then then that's always the best place to start is someone that that really that really knows this information. Um, but if you don't have any of that experience, you know, like I said, I mean the and, and like you said, the easiest way is just kind of get your get your feet wet at, at things like Common and then these podcasts and just kind of get some exposure to to the Git command line and and start using RDI and see how the integration works there. And that's really that really starts your journey. And that will really open your eyes, I think, to, to the possibilities
0: of, of what's out there. And, you know, it's really so important, in my view, I think you would agree, it's so important to properly manage source code. I mean, it really is a very strategic asset of any enterprise. You know, millions or billions of dollars of real money go through your applications on a monthly yearly basis whatever the case is so it's really very important to manage it as a real strategic asset of your company
1: absolutely it's it's invaluable right i mean it's 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 your if you're a software company it's it's your entire asset and if you're not a software company, it's still it's still a lot of times it's the advantage that you have over over other companies in your space is is your source code, and so to um, you know to to create source code with or to create objects with with quality less than than they should be. Is, is a disadvantage to you in your entire business and that costs you money, right? And the whole, the whole driving force behind DevOps is return on investment. Like I said, there's, there's calculators out there that show millions of dollars can be saved on um, um, just by implementing the, the DevOps cycle correctly.
0: And as you said earlier, which I just want to reiterate, because it, it really struck home with me, is that obviously you know, the earlier in the process you identify a, such, right. a, an issue, you know, the better off everybody will be, and the less, right. the less costly it will certainly be. Right. If you
1: look at the cost, that, that curve, right, they, 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 they give you a little curve. And basically, if, if the developer can fix the, the bug, it's, it's like a, a 1x, right? It's whatever the cost is times one and then if the if it gets to the next cycle, if it gets to the QA cycle, you know, to the to the um, testing cycle, and it has to be fixed, it's a four x kind of cost. And then if it gets to the deployment step, and there's a bug, it's a ten x kind of cost. And then if it and then if finally if you get up to the to the into the real world, it's six hundred and forty times cost. So whatever that cost would have been to fix it in sh- in house, six hundred and forty times that is, is your cost not only in in real world. You know time and hour spent but also loss of reputation right you know you, when you when you ship things out that that aren't correct then then that hurts your business because people don't trust you know the, the software that you're developing anymore so it's 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 a, it's a massive cost and, and it's been studied as i said
0: and that's so hard to gain back everybody's confidence yeah. and trust absolutely. absolutely absolutely wow andrew this is a, a lot of food for thought here and i i really appreciate you coming today and and uh Chatting with me on on this whole DevOps cycle and DevSecOps, it's it's a fascinating topic. It really is, and it's really a, a, another important step in in if you're if you're running a shop, you you need to look at this, and this this has to be an important component of the overall overall mix of things that you do in your in your application life, right? In the, in the SDLC, I suppose, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And, and and this is a huge topic, right? I mean, we're, we're very briefly covering some very complicated subjects here in a very short amount of time. But yeah, it's it, it's something that you could go on for hours and hours about on each each one of these, you know, Git could be time and, and security could be time and automated deployment, right? All those things are just, just a continuous, um, you know, just continuous learning cycle that allows you to really improve your development process.
0: Well, I certainly appreciate your time. Uh, obviously, you're you're well positioned. You know, when your your bio says you're, you know DevOps product manager at Arcad, that's it. it you all your experience cl- clearly came through. It it really did, and and I think a lot of people are going to really benefit from the experience that you've brought to this discussion and the examples that you've given us. So, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. I hope so. I hope everyone uh, you know gets some benefit from it. I appreciate it.
0: Great. So. Thank you everybody for listening today. This is Charlie Guarino. As I said, I'll be back with another podcast next month. In the meantime, make sure you check out other content on Tech Channel. And by the way, you can also subscribe to their weekly newsletters, webinars, ebooks, solutions directory and a whole plethora of other things. It's uh, it's really worth your time. Thank you very much everybody for joining me. Until next time, see you. Bye-bye.